Time now for Financial Friday on WOMI with your host, Drew Watson, sponsored by Align Wealth Management. Special edition of Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I am your host, Drew Watson, private wealth advisor with Align, and this is the Russia Invades Ukraine edition of our show. And really, since we've been doing the show, uh, Brent, I think this is the first big geopolitical incident we've had, and certainly the first European invasion we've seen. Uh, if we wish we had a budget for special effects, we would put it in the old teletype uh, sound effect. But you get the points. All kidding aside, let's have all prayers go out to Ukraine and their individuals. And the stock market responded Thursday in a way as if maybe prayers were answered. Uh, overnight futures and early trading had the Dow down over 800 points, and that index finished up 92 for the day at almost a 1,000-point turnaround. Likewise, the S&P 500 was down over 100 in overnight trading and early trading and saw a, a huge turnaround to be up 63, but nothing like the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ had fell into bear market territory <clears throat> the day before. The overnight uh, futures looked terrible for the NASDAQ, but it staged, I think, what may be the largest comeback um, in the history of that uh, index in a move that spanned almost 886 points on the day from tip to bottom or a 7% retracement. <clears throat> so that's an unbelievable move. Now, as you can imagine, crude oil was up. Uh, West Texas Intermediate closed Thursday up 95 cents. Uh, Gold, which was strong, uh, punching up above 1930 overnight, was down just $4. And our commodity du jour, our favorite lumber, uh, you know, for the day, lumber was up $26 to close at an even $1,200 uh, per 1,000 board feet. Agricultural commodities were decidedly mixed, and later on in the show we'll discuss why, because that's uh, Ukraine has been known as the breadbasket of Europe for years. That is the main export. Uh, about 20%, 25% of the economy is ag-based. Sanctions have gone on to Russia, and Russia is a huge nickel uh, and iron ore exporter, as is Ukraine an iron ore uh, exporter. But we saw sweeping changes today. I mean, the market started turning um, <clears throat> later morning into midday. Uh, President Biden gave his uh, speech, talked, outlined the sanctions. It's key to note, and I'll make this note here, that right now there are no sanctions on the uh, Russian energy sector, as the thought is that would definitely probably trigger a European recession. And those political leaders who are in power now would likely fall from power in the coming year if there was a full-scale energy crisis on top of this crisis. So for the time being, the Europeans are <clears throat> wanting to punish the Russians but continue to be reliant on their energy uh, exports for running, uh, running their uh, countries. And if you look at the uh, European Union's gas sources as of June of last year, about 14% of it comes uh, directly from Russia, with about 6.5% to 7% coming uh, via Ukraine, from Russia via Ukraine, and from Russia via Belarus. So that is, uh, you know, upwards for the continent around uh, 28%. Germany specifically, in case you want to know, gets about 40% uh, of their gas directly from Russia. 
uh, from Russia through Belarus, about 21%, so that's 61 and then about uh, 18% from Russia via Ukraine. So almost 80% of the natural gas uh, that comes into Germany is from Russia. Uh, and just think, uh, you know, 80 years ago, they were at each other's throats, and this is uh, by how the world has changed. We've got a great show for you today, chock full of facts and information that can help you with your finances. And we'll be back in 60 seconds. Keep listening to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer. Our pursuits become careers. And if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to this special edition of Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. And boy, has this been a week for the history books. As uh, we said in our open, um, Russia has attacked Ukraine and there does not appear to be uh, any end in sight to some of the selling. So in our segment now, we're going to focus on kind of what um, what this might mean. Uh, this is uh, thoughts of, from uh, Russell Price. He's the CFA and chief economist uh, for Ameriprise Financial and what's kind of going on in the markets. So in addition to kind of what we hoped would not occur, Russia, as you know, has attacked Ukraine uh, Wednesday night in actions it said were intended to disarm Ukraine's air defense systems. The actions, however, are widely expected to represent the initial stages of a much larger invasion. Overall, Ameriprise believes such situations further justify the need for diversified portfolios. Additionally, as we've noted, the world has been through such periods of geopolitical turmoil in the past, given the learnings from those prior periods, I do not recommend that investors try to time the market via material equity exposure adjustments at this time. Equity market futures on Thursday were sharply lower in the pre-market and through the trading action of the day have been all over the place in Thursday's session. And the yield on the 10-year Treasury has declined by about 11 basis points to right just under 1.85%. Uh, equity, you know, equity futures on the Dow um, you know, we've been down around 700 points, 800 points throughout Thursday. S&P was off similarly. The NASDAQ on Thursday did stage a comeback to positive territory for most of the day after being down 3% overnight. Most major markets were also lower by 2 to 3% in Asia. And in Europe, the market bourses were down about 5% uh, across the board. Uh, gold was up about 5%. Crude oil prices up over 8 those uh, were sharply higher. Um, a graphic I'm, I'm kind of reading from now was from the government of Ukraine, and their uh, you know 
economy mainly is a lot of agricultural stuff with uh, corn representing almost 10% of their exports, wheat about six and a quarter, soybeans two and an eighth, uh, seed oils about seven and uh, three quarters. Uh, other things that they export uh, a lot of is iron ore, uh, semi-finished iron, and hot rolled iron. Those together account for about 16% of their exports as a country. Russia's ultimate designs on Ukraine are still developing, thus leaving the extent of its military actions against its neighbor uncertain. The repercussions, however, should be expected to run much wider than a regional Eurasia zone of conflict. Russia is a major energy exporter, and Ukraine, historically referred to as the breadbasket of Europe, is a major global producer and exporter of grains, as I mentioned earlier. Both countries are keys suppliers of certain metals, commodities, which could further disrupt supply chain healing across the globe. Russia is the third is the world's third largest crude oil producer, accounting for 10.5 million barrels per day in 2020, and that's about 11% of the world's total output. The country was also the second largest exporter of crude oil, accounting for approximately 11% of crude oil exports in 2020. Russia exported crude oil with a total nominal value of about $73 billion, according to Statista, and that's also from the government of Ukraine. Um, what's kind of crazy, because I think if you've been watching this, you know that China and Russia have kind of colluded a little bit um, to form a new, uh, I'd say, <clears throat> entente, but uh, Ukrainian exports typically end up in Russia, almost 10% of them, and the next highest uh, Export destination for Ukrainian exports is China at just under 8%. Rounding out that top five would be Germany, Poland, and Turkey, respectively. Last week, Ameriprise did issue estimates of the potential economic impact from higher energy commodity prices should this situation continue to evolve in a negative manner. Their estimates at each level of West Texas intermediate crude are repeated, and I'll go over those. At an average... West Texas Intermediate crude price of $90 a barrel for the full year of 2022, the estimate is the drag on U.S. real GDP would be somewhere between a quarter to three quarters of a percent. If West Texas Intermediate prices were to average 100 to 120, they estimate the impact on real GDP would be approximately one half of one percent to a full one percent drag. On GDP. And finally, if West Texas intermediate prices average 120 to 150, they estimate a negative impact on GDP to be somewhere between three quarters to one and a half percent of GDP, which is a staggering number. So far, Western sanctions have failed to change Russia's course after recognizing two separatist regions of Ukraine and sending military forces into the region under the guise of peacekeeping forces. Russia recognized Donetsk and Luhansk on Monday and faced a ratcheting up of sanctions against select banks and measures against several oligarchs by the European Union, the United Kingdom, and U.S. President Joe Biden. They are continuing to suggest that Russia's intentions are to send forces deeper into Ukraine, which definitely they have, and potentially even reaching the Ukrainian capital of Kiev. In bond markets, inflation concerns also continue to move markets. The inflation break-even point between two-year treasuries and two-year treasury inflation-protected securities rose to 3.76% yesterday, meaning that the market is saying they feel like higher inflation is on the way. 
That's up more than a half a percent over the past two weeks alone. And we continue to see higher energy prices so far this year as a key contributor. With NYMEX crude oil prices approaching $100 Thursday morning and actually just a little bit over that, up from $74.45 at the end of the year. Higher near-term inflation readings are likely to keep pressure on the Fed, but have negative implications of the situation is likely to temper actions to tighten policy. At the Fed's policy meetings in December and January, the Fed orchestrated an end to asset purchases and put forward guidance back on the shelf. Through markets, the Fed may view as being behind the curve, and our concern centers more aggressive Fed rate hikes that leave it off balance as the fiscal and monetary effects phase out and the economy converges with slowing global growth prospects. In 2023 and 2024, as outlined by the International Monetary Fund, they do feel like there could be some potentially slowing global growth because of higher energy costs. The Fed Fund futures on Thursday suggest more than a 1.5% of rate hikes this year, and this was, uh, well, that was published before the Russian attacks overnight, and a move that would bring Fed policy remarkably close to the 2 to 2.5% neutral policy posture. Should the Fed over-tighten rate policy this rate cycle over the next year or two, we could see a redo of the 2019 intermediate rate cuts and extend growth in their view. In the fixed income market, some investors have begun shifting to a neutral duration posture over the past few weeks with con- contrast with some of the recommendations we've seen for a year short of the benchmark 5.5-year duration target for total return investors. They're also looking at the dissonance as a timing issue as investors managing portfolios day-to-day and week-to-week may see some benefits of a longer index matching target of six and a half years to increase the diversification role fixed income plays in a portfolio. It's clear that these rising tensions and rising um, actions from Russia and the Ukraine will continue to send markets on a wild ride for probably today and into next week. And it could be that our old nemesis across the Pacific holds the keys to how long this takes to unwind in Eastern Europe, and that is our old friends at the People's Republic of China. Keep listening to this special edition of Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management, and we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. When today is unpredictable, you need sound advice and strong support to help you stay focused on your long-term financial goals for tomorrow. Ameriprise has been guiding clients through challenging times for over 125 years. You can take comfort in working with an advisor who's backed by that strong experience and who's there to guide you with personalized, goal-based financial advice. Together, you and your Ameriprise advisor can plan your future while navigating your now. Call Align Wealth Management a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Offices located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hello and welcome back to this special edition of Financial Fridays where Russia attacks Ukraine. Brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, Private Wealth Advisor with Align Wealth Management. And in our financial planning segment of the show, we'll kind of go over what are some productive things, um, both actions you can do and thoughts you can have when you get a crisis situation 
like what has gone on in Eastern Europe. First and foremost, and we'll cover this next in our Q&A segment, what you have to realize is over time, uh, stocks are uh, do offer the highest returns, but in any short period of time, they can experience very volatile changes in, in price, meaning they can go up and down, and certainly crisis can exas exasperate those returns. Now, that was easy for me to say. But overall, we do know that, that stocks do offer the best hedge against inflation in the long run and a way to, uh, through compound interest, help you grow your money. So a couple of ways to look at this from a financial planning front. First, foremost, know what your risk tolerance is and then know what your investment time frames are. Uh, by knowing what your risk tolerance is, you'll know how much you can kind of bite off to chew, uh, so to speak. And if you have a longer-term risk tolerance, more than five years, let's say, you can afford to have some money invested in stocks and maybe even more if you have a longer-term outlook. Specifically speaking, I think a couple things need to, to be considered. If you've had cash saving up for a rainy day, you can look at any type of crisis situation as perhaps that rainy day to put those dollars to work um, in a diversified portfolio. One trick to consider here would be the dollar cost average. That is a uh, time-proven strategy. That means don't try to pick what you think the bottom of the market is or the worst day based on the threat of invasion, the actual invasion, or what might come afterwards. Maybe you set the standard and say, okay, now's a good time to begin investing, and I want to put my money in over the course of multiple buys, maybe for the next week, two weeks, one month period. And it is good to cast kind of a wide net when you look at purchasing things because essentially what you have to step back from the current situation and realize over the long sweep of time, what drives market performance typically is an interest rate, what is interest rate posture, and then the earnings of companies. So depending on what type of companies you watch or what type of companies uh, you may want to avoid, you can take a company-specific approach, a sector-specific approach, or a more diversified approach and just buy a broad index of stocks when these crises occur to uh, make up your dollar cost averaging strategy. If you have a retirement plan, uh, 401k plan where you're making contributions automatically through each paycheck, this may be a time if your risk tolerance and time frame warrant it to get more aggressive with those deposits on a weekly or every other week basis because what we know is over time stocks tend to overperform. Where the market is looking at more inflationary pressures as well as a Ukrainian situation, you may also want to look for stocks or a sector or a fund that invests in stocks that have companies that you believe can really outgrow whatever inflationary forces may be near. Longer term, as part of your financial plan, what does this conflict mean? So this is a point where you and your professional, and always work, we recommend with a CFP, under the auspices of a comprehensive financial plan where good guidance can have you step back and think, okay, this probably may change things for a while based on what Russia is doing. How does it affect my financial plan here uh, that we're working on? As we highlighted last segment, we know what Ukraine's main exports are. 
We know who their buyers are, and we know what the Soviet Union's main export is. Also, if you rewind, uh, it wasn't that long ago in the grand sweep of history that we were locked in a Cold War with the Soviet Union, and we know what type of industries in that Cold War really performed well from a standpoint based on what was being spent on military expenditures, uh, technology expenditures, uh, that one, those companies uh, were able to grow, and some dividends out of that were some of the military applications of technology. We are enjoying the civilian uses of those technologies today. So even though things look very pessimistic and dark, there can be upshots uh, in the long sweep of things to what this means. Uh, keep in mind, from a longer-term financial planning standpoint, what this could mean is maybe you look at a change in what the assumed rate of inflation is in your financial plan. Maybe if it had been running at a long-term 2%, you may want to raise that to 3 given what's gone on with some of the uh, energy prices and food prices. And since that may not be a permanent change, you can always have your advisor uh, run several different scenarios so you know what the impact of what may appear to be a smaller inflationary change could have on your overall portfolio really for the rest of your life and how that could impact your planning uh, with you and your family. Now, keep in mind, uh, one of the things that you also need to think about uh, with regards to maybe what could end up being a uh, different situation in Europe is that definitely the peace that we've seen in Europe post-Cold War is probably over. And this may mean that there could be a material difference in the changes of spending behavior of European governments and European citizens in general, and definitely perhaps the way that would shake out uh, from the top down would be how how and where they get their energy. Uh, you know, a specific example is I think the entire world obviously wants this. We want to protect the Earth, and there's been a big push to try to get off fossil fuels uh, and get to more renewables. But maybe the timing of that and how long that takes is what may be under suspect change now, given what's going on with the Russian incursion uh, and invasion of Ukraine. Secondarily, you may see more of the GDP of some of these larger European countries, such as Germany and France and the UK, go to defense spending. And as I said, third and finally, there may be new technologies developed because of this defense spending that do have uh, manifold civilian um, resources and, and, and benefits. So those are some of the financial planning impacts of this invasion. Keep listening to Financial Fridays right here on your favorite station, and we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer. Our pursuits become careers, and if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask, what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. 
The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to this special edition of Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and a private wealth advisor with Align. And uh, this week, given the crisis, we've had several questions coming in about what typically happens after some of these crises. And keep in mind, keep your questions coming to william.a.watson at ampf.com, and we will try to get your information on the air. And the answer to your question this week comes from our friends at Putnam Investments. Uh, They have a really good piece that talk about, uh, obviously, major crises that cause stock markets to drop in value, uh, although they can be unsettling. But a lot of times it does not spell the end for markets or investment strategies. And history has shown that the markets bounce back and that staying invested through volatile episodes is one way that helps you benefit from a rebound. So let's look at how the S&P 500 has done in the past after historic events. And let's start with, because we've had a, a war in Europe, let's talk about the fall of France. So this was May 9th, 1940 to June 22nd, 1940. Uh, and if you haven't watched the movie Dunkirk um, or uh, Finest Hour, th- those were two great movies that are recent vintage that kind of talks about the fall of France and the British expeditionary forces. This is a very good corollary because, uh, you know, the Allies at that time, which were uh, the United Kingdom and some of the European countries, they feverishly tried to... Uh, you know, shore this up, it didn't happen. But during the uh, May 9th to June 22nd, the S&P 500 lost 18.2%. One month later, you saw a retrenchment of a 3.1% return. Uh, a year later, the market was up 5.2. Five years later, 15.9. And 10 years later, it had averaged an astonishing 13.2% annual return after the fall of France. Fast forward about seven months, well, actually <clears throat> about a year and a half, to the attack on Pearl Harbor, which besides 9-11 was kind of our uh, ultimate uh, reckoning day. So from December 6th, 1941 to December 10th, the S&P 500 fell almost 7%, but a month later um, had recovered 4.5% of that loss, and a year later was up over 16%. Uh, likewise, the outbreak of the Korean War from uh, mid-June of fifty to uh, mid-July of 50, saw the S&P 500 down 11%, but a year later, the market was up 42%, uh, taking out all those losses. The Cuban Missile Crisis, if you can remember from uh, late August of 62 to late September, saw the S&P 500 fall almost 10%, but make all that back, and then some being up 15% just a month later, and a year later, the market was up 41%. If you look at the 9-11 terrorist attacks, we were down from November, uh, sorry, September 10th uh, to the 21st of September of 01, down 11.6%. And uh, one month later, uh, we had kind of almost paired those losses, being back up 11.3%. Looking through history, <clears throat> the market has reacted much negatively, not so much to military action as uh, it has to, say, the collapse of Lehman Brothers, the COVID pandemic. In both of those cases, in 08 and then in 20, we saw 33, almost 34% plus reaction uh, to um, 
what happened. The 1987 stock market crash, a 31% crash. So in looking at some of these uh, instances where armed conflict has come into play, you know, another, I would say, less well-known instance was when the U.S. attacked Cambodia at the end of April 1970. Through May of 1970, uh, the S&P was down 15%, but a year later, it was up 49%. So if we can step back and take a look at the situation <clears throat> in about a 12-month scenario, in all cases, really, with the exception of the fall of France, uh, the market had recovered everything it had lost during the peak time. And keep in mind, during that time with the fall of France, uh, as Churchill famously said, you know, the Battle of France is over, the Battle of Britain has begun. So it, it was uh, not just um, the attack on France and the Low Countries, it was the Luftwaffe meeting out uh, as much damage as they could in the skies over uh, the United Kingdom that was so valiantly defended uh, by um, the Royal Air Force. And I'll just kind of close with this. Um, you know, all too often a crisis can lead to fear as public perceptions become overly pessimistic. Financial markets that are usually rational can behave irrationally in a short time, and that short time may even be a month or so. But the U.S. stock market has proven remarkably resilient, and it routinely has recovered from short-term crisis events to move higher over longer time periods. And, you know, a graph I'm looking at shows a hypothetical investment in the S&P 500, uh, which is the 500 largest uh, stocks by market cap in the U.S., and they do catch pretty much the entire economy. And in spite of recession wars and other crises, the annualized return over the past 80 years has been uh, over 11.5%. And the key is time in the market and staying invested even during crisis rather than trying to time the market. So with that said, we pray for the Ukrainian uh, Ukrainian country and the Ukrainian uh, citizens um, under the heel of the Russians this weekend. And uh, keep them in your thoughts and prayers. And we'll be back same time, same station next week. This is WOMI Owensboro. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.